0: I'm Anna Horford, and you're listening to the Celtics Life Podcast. Welcome inside the Celtics Life Podcast. I'm Justin Quinn here with Luis Gonzalez, and the streak is continuing beyond all predictions of any rational person, except, of course, you know, all of you Celtics fans. What do you think about that, Luis?
1: I do. Wait, we're going streaking?
0: We could go streaking. <laughs> it's a little, it's cold where you are. It's kind of yeah, cold where I yeah. am. I, it's I pretty not, cold. Yeah, I, I don't know about that kind of streaking. I mean, I mean the wind streak. We're at fifteen right oh, now.
1: Okay, fifteen
0: straight. I mean, you know, I, I know you didn't know this, but no,
1: I had no idea. Actually, no. I mean, this is incredible. You know, I feel like after. So this is usually how basically every every article. About the Celtics starts, you know, through like major media outlets, Mm -hmm. you know, the first first game into the season, you would have thought that the season was over after the Gordon Hayward injury. But look at where the Celtics are now.
0: I'm guilty. I have written this article (laughs) at least three times last week.
1: Yeah. And I think we're at the point now where we like it, it sucks what happened to him. It really does. I think, though, that we are at the point now where we need to move past the fact that that did happen and really focus on the fact that this team, as currently constructed with the healthy players that we do have, they are doing this and they are doing this. We shouldn't have to plug in, you know, after the Gordon Hayward injury, you would have thought blah, 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 blah. No, just mention the fact that this team is on, on a roll right now. They may not be the best team in the NBA across the board, but I, th- I don't think there's any denying it at all anymore. That if you were going to do a, a top three in the NBA, it would probably be, and, and I'm, ta- I'm not talking about record, I'm talking about everything, you know, for any, any rational NBA fan can probably tell you and should probably admit that despite the, the, the fact that we did beat them, Golden State is probably a little bit better than us.
0: I'd I, say I right, don't
1: think that's a controversial statement. No, I, I mean, but you know some people will be like, well, we beat
0: them. Yeah, it, it was one game. The Cleveland Cavaliers, who currently <laughs> would barely make it into the playoffs if it were today.
1: Yeah, exactly. But right now, I really feel like the best three teams in the NBA, Golden State, Boston, and probably Houston, in that order. But that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Because think about it, three, four years let's, let's say even three years ago, if you would have told me that the Boston Celtics would be, what are they, 14 and 2, 15 and 2, best record in the league, I probably would have thought that you were lying.
0: It's really getting me looking at the schedule, and I, I really can't figure out when we're going to lose. I don't think
1: there is a bona fide, wow, this is going to be a tough game for Boston until, yeah, probably that game. I know that we have the Spurs, we're playing the Spurs in San Antonio, if I'm not mistaken, on December 9th, which is a while from now. At that point, Boston would be on a, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, about a 25-game win streak. Or
0: something like that. What's the record? Nineteen?
1: Yeah. Well, the the O eight team started out nine well, I think they won nineteen straight or something like that, but they were nineteen and two at one point. And then the 0-9 team, again, if I'm not mistaken, went twenty-seven and two to start the season, which is nuts. And then KG got injured and that was pretty much that was pretty much that.
0: So with all this said there had been a little bit of a somber note to this week also. as many of you know Jalen Brown's childhood well, not childhood but high school friend Trevin Steed you've, you've probably seen some of the videos they made together on YouTube or you know circulating around the NBA media sphere. he passed the details are still unknown. Whatever happened it was clearly a tragedy you know he was a kid basically. And a lot of people would have just folded under a situation like this. They would have just given up and checked out and you know the rest of the team continues on while he grieves, but that's, that's not what happened. You know,
1: I wouldn't be surprised and you hate to mix these two things because obviously just generally, not generally, but I, I'm, I'm sure all of you will understand what I'm trying to say. Life is more important than basketball. Absolutely. And and at the end of the day, we hear this a lot when tragedies like this happen. We heard this last year with Isaiah Thomas during the playoffs when his sister passed away. There's They're m- much bigger things than basketball. And I think we should be – well, we should try our best to separate the two. In this case, it's kind of hard because – Jalen Brown seems to be – he's trying to make it a case and trying to make it known that this is going to motivate him, I think, for the rest of the season. And he's going to play in his friend's honor the same way that Isaiah played in his sister's honor. And I I wouldn't be surprised if we see a side of Jalen Brown that we all thought would come along – in his third or fourth year, I wouldn't be surprised if we see it now over the course of the rest of the season.
0: We already are starting to, in my opinion. I mean, he had the career-high 27 points against Atlanta, and yeah. I didn't know what was going on with him when I was watching the Golden State game, but he was playing like a man-possessed, and like my hair was standing on end when he did that sequence, which we can talk about more in a moment. But he's definitely unlocked something, and I don't know if it's just you know development. This, this serving as a sort of therapy, he kind of alluded to that in some post-game commentary, but it's working, whatever, whatever is happening. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm happy that this happened to him, but I'm happy that he can find a place to work out those frustrations in a way that is productive for himself and, you know, honestly, his teammates as well.
1: I mean, I think one of the biggest improvements for him, for sure, and very clearly is his three-point shooting he's at a point now where he he shoots from three, and I'm like, well, that's going in. And I can't really say that about many players across the NBA, but I feel like this kid has the confidence now to just knock shots down. And sure, you can still nitpick the fact that sometimes his handles are kind of crazy. Every time he drives to the rim, it's kind of like, all right, well, he's going to lose possession of the ball. These things... Smooth out over time.
0: Absolutely. And I think,
1: yeah, and I think the fact that this is a second year player that scored a career high 27 points, which is a, I mean, I'd say a pretty decent number of points. And one of the biggest reasons why we won that game last night, and one of the biggest reasons why we won that Golden State game.
0: That is the reason why we won the Golden State game. I don't think there's any debate there, man. He-
1: yeah, so I think, you know, I think a, a kid that is as young as he is, be- basically, I'll, I'll say it, being responsible for us beating a team like the Golden State Warriors, I, I what else can you say? This kid has to absolutely, absolutely, absolutely has to be at the discussion for most improved player.
0: actually sneak into the the low end of an all-star bid. also we, we were talking about this pretty recently in our group chat and there's a there's a pretty steep you know line of people he's going to have to keep up with in order to get there but it's actually getting to the point where it's not out of the question and that's just crazy
1: no absolutely i mean if i'm remembering And don't quote me on these numbers and don't get mad at me if I, if I mess up these numbers. But I think, I don't think Jalen was averaging more than about eight points per game last last year.
0: Absolutely right. Yeah.
1: And he wasn't, and I know for sure he wasn't averaging more than 15 minutes per game. He's doubled that this year. He's playing 31 minutes per game and he's scoring basically 16 points per game. I, I don't I I mean, besides like Aaron Gordon and who else? I'm not gonna mention Chris Stapps because he was he was a good player last year. Mm-hmm. He, he he he's taken another step in the absence of Carmelo, but I don't think there was any denying that this kid was he was he was great. He
0: was already great last year, absolutely. I yeah. Exactly.
1: So I don't I don't know why people are mentioning his name. So right now I I'd say between Aaron Gordon and Jalen Brown, I, I would say those are two pretty strong candidates. Maybe Aaron Gordon. I don't. I don't mean to get off on a tangent, but I think Aaron Gordon may get a few more nods because the Orlando Magic weren't very good last season, and now they're playing pretty well, or a little
0: bit better. They're, they're,
1: they fallen fall off, off a, a little bit, start. but
0: they're still way better than anyone thought they were going to be this year. I mean, they were one of the leading absolutely. candidates to tank in the Easter season.
1: Yeah, but long story short. I I would definitely put him in the conversation, and not just because I'm a Boston Celtics fan, obviously. But it's clear that he's made enormous strides, and if he goes off, you know, for the rest of the season and scores 20 per game and jumps his average up to 18 points per game from six or seven last season, I don't see how he doesn't win. But rant over on Jalen Brown. <laughs> but I could really talk about him for. An hour. I, I mean, I adore the kid. He's... I, I see it in him, for sure.
0: Well, he almost single-handedly made Charles Barkley eat his words. Oh, Yeah, I mean, this is Charles Barkley we're talking about. He's a provocateur. That's what he's paid for. He's not... I mean, like, you know, he can he can, when he puts his mind to it, do a serious analysis, but mostly he's just there to say inflammatory stuff and get you and me pissed off. As an example, he was saying during during the Golden State game that he he didn't think that we'd be able to, to hold them under what was it, ninety something, ninety six or something like that, something yeah, like that. Yeah, and you know we held them to eighty eight, but he was also saying incredibly moronic things like, "I don't see how they're going to beat Toronto like less than a week after beating Toronto." But I digress.
1: He also said that he didn't know how we would be or if we would beat Washington.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we'd be right there.
1: I, I'm i pretty sure we would be too, especially this season. Uh, this, you know, kind of like you hinted to... to, to uh, I'm messing up my words. Anyway, he's said a lot of questionable things. The I don't have to... I, I, don't, I don't think I need to make my case there. You Just look his comments up on YouTube and uh, I mean I'll say it he's said some really he's said some really dumb things in the past and and the fact that he's like you know I've seen them play like 5 games this this season and I don't know how they've won I think at that point they had won 13 straight or something I mean give us some more analysis than that but like you said he's kind of there just to say just to say inflammatory things most of the time but he's obviously somebody that doesn't admittedly doesn't watch his team on a night in night out basis and i think that if he did he would probably give them more credit but i'm happy to see that we held them to 88 points and we did beat them so but then i don't know if you if you noticed or if you heard he's like Well, Steph Steph shot uh, this and that from the field, and Clay shot this and that from the field, and uh, Draymond shot this and that from the field. It's not every night that you're going to have three three shooters having a bad night. And in in the back of my head, I'm like, well, why don't you give Boston's defense a little bit of credit here?
0: I was going to say, it's as if there's something affecting all three of the best shooters in the NBA shooting.
1: Yeah and this is the case this has been the case throughout the season we've uh, there was a tweet from I'm forgetting who that basically laid out basically the all-star on most of the teams that we've played they're shooting they're shooting numbers when going up against us and there's there's a lot of bad percentages there and I'm thinking well geez this is they're playing some really good defense but for everybody else it's well, they just had a an off night. I don't understand that argument at all. You know, I just I just feel like, generally speaking, people need to give more credit to Boston's defense, and it's crazy that I have to even say that because they are the best defensive team in the league. But I feel like a lot a lot of analysts are just chalking that up to almost like just luck. Instead of them just being genuine, a genuinely good defensive team,
0: but we have two backcourt players with seven feet wingspans. When last season with the same coach, we finished first in the East with a guy who wasn't even six feet tall in one of those slots. Yeah, I'd be I,
1: honestly, I'd be surprised if Isaiah was even five nine. I don't think he is.
0: Speaking of, and, you know, I'm going a little off script here, but there's reports that Isaiah is running the full length of the court from Cleveland in shooting, so, you know, for those of us who still support him as a person, even though he's not on the Celtics, he looks like he's doing better. we might have to deal with who which could stuff.
1: I mean, honestly, I don't know how... Okay. He will score a ton of points for them. Presumably. But... Because Jay Crowder has been pretty bad. So bad. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been bad for that team. I think he's out of his element. I think he's the kind of player that needs to be in a in a certain position in order to succeed. You can't just plug him in wherever and he'll be good. Under Brad Stevens, he was in that in the most ideal role for him, but. In Cleveland, he just looks absolutely lost.
0: And... I mean, the team's defense is terrible and, you know, they're a much more ISO-heavy team. I mean, even this year, and it's just, he's he's not a guy who works in that kind of a system. No, he's not.
1: So I feel like we're just going to see a, a Jay Crowder, and I hate to say it because I, I, I really appreciate the guy and I love everything that he did, and I think he's... Is super talented, and I wish him the best. But I feel like his his career is just going to go for a nosedive in Cleveland. in in Cleveland. I have to stress that. In in Cleveland, it doesn't even have to. He doesn't have to even be in Boston. But I think he needs to be in the right in the right situation. And Cleveland is just not that for him.
0: Well, you know, Ty Lu is is not a terrible coach, but he certainly isn't a great coach. You know. And-
1: he should have gone to Detroit. I'd see him excel there.
0: Yeah, I could too, actually. Yeah. Alongside Avery. That'd be nice. So let's dive into last week's games since we've already spent half of the podcast talking about one of them. <laughs> like, like you could blame us. Like you could blame no, us. No,
1: absolutely not.
0: So we pushed the win streak to 14, beating Brooklyn, who has been sneaky good despite. The fact that they are down two of their best players. They are down, for those of you who aren't familiar, Jeremy Lynn with that that uh, knee injury. And they have been missing, they're, they're really Chris with the knees now that I think about it, but they're they're also missing their new the new point guard traded over from uh Los Angeles, Russell. He's out with some knee shenanigans also. Yet they have been winning. They have Really pulled off some, you know, kind of like a parallel Brad Stevens kind of a coaching job down there, and they almost beat us in this game.
1: I feel like we struggle against the Nets. Going back, I even going back to last, <laughs> I, I it's it's weird, you know, across every sport, there's always and in whatever whatever team, whatever and any good team you can think of. There always seems to be that one team that every good team struggles against every time. This can be a team that's 80 and 1 but they'll go up against this one team that's 1 and 80 and will struggle against them. And that's the nets for
0: us. I don't I don't know what it is. It's got to be psychological. It's got to be some kind of a guilt complex or maybe it's just I don't know, playing playing down to the competition, or I, I don't know what it is, but I've noticed it also. Yeah, I really I, have. I don't, I have
1: no idea, but a win is a win. I really don't care how we win as long as we win. But I I, I do think that there's this weird, yeah, uh, maybe it is a.
0: a Joe deal. Harris shot seven of fourteen, including five from five of eleven from three point range against us to score 19. And Hollis Jefferson scored 16-9. and Crab at one of his best games of the season, put hung 15 on us. And, like, honestly, the only people who really looked all that great at all were Marcus Morris and Kyrie Irving, who had to take off his mask to even shoot straight.
1: Yeah, that mask really seemed to be bothering him that game. I, I want to say I saw about three quarters of that game. Uh, and as soon as Kyrie took the mask off, he just looked a little... I want to. I want to. Yeah. I want to use the word liberated. It seems like that mask, and for just like for us regular viewers of basketball, you, you think you know, it's just a mask, but I can imagine, especially for somebody that plays the point position, regardless of whether or not you think Kyrie Irving is actually a true point, I can imagine that it really affects your game, your court vision, your shooting ability, so on and so forth. So. Yeah, after he took off that mask, he just looked a little bit different.
0: Well, he definitely had something to say about it affecting his peripheral vision. The post-game commentary, Brad Stevens said that it was a decision between him and the trainer. I can't imagine, other than pain, it's a particularly serious risk to have it off. You know, like if he gets whacked, he got really whacked in the face a couple times in that, that matchup, too. Yes, he did. And like, uh, and like that that was before he took it off which like I, and call me crazy but if i had a fractured face and someone smacked me in the face with my mask on i wouldn't be taking my mask off so that's you know kudos to you Kyrie. that's that's way more than i would ever do even if i was making as much money as you are
1: i i would be crying
0: yeah seriously yeah, i'd
1: be crying i don't know i don't i really don't know how he does it honestly I I'm sne- I sneeze twice in the morning and I'm calling out from work, so. <laughs>
0: well, he put the mask back on for Golden State. He said he has to keep his face as pretty as possible. So, you know, he's very conscious of his motivation. That's good.
1: Nationally televised game. You want to look your best.
0: Gotta. Gotta have it popping. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, he did all right. He added 16 points and six assists. So he got some of that peripheral vision back, even even with the mask on. You know, he took it off at several points, you know, in between play. But he had it on almost the entire game, if I remember right.
1: Yeah, he did. And for, well, jump, slightly jumping ahead, but we can backtrack a little bit. He did have a different mask on uh, for the Atlanta game that he said allowed him allowed him to see a lot more. Because the holes were way bigger.
0: Yeah, the first one looked really Phantom of the Opera. It's like all lopsided, too. I, I didn't look comfortable at all. Yeah. Kind of looked uh, like but, I... But no, go ahead. I was going to say, it kind of looked like I got creative with some clear PVC and a bandsaw. <laughs> to be completely <laughs> honest.
1: I mean, I can't imagine that making those masks is, is any more than that. I, I mean, I don't know, maybe... <laughs> Maybe it, it is pretty complicated, but it looks like just a piece of cut plastic.
0: You know, I'm I'm am curious now if anybody who's listening knows anything about you know like high end sports prosthetics like this that are used for protection and you give us some. some <laughs> no, seriously, I'm I'm really, really curious how, that just how this happened. So
1: high end sports prosthetics. That's what it is.
0: You know, it's a medical
1: plastic mask. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, it's probably just a piece of PVC, but I bet you that thing cost as much as a car.
1: Yeah, it was probably a few thousand dollars. Uh
0: Well, anyway, (laughs) we
1: have our priorities straight here.
0: Yeah, there's not too much else to talk about, and that we haven't already hung on the Golden State game, but. I don't know. Anything else you want to bring up about that? So we just don't spend the whole podcast dwelling on that. Totally amazing, very worthwhile to you know linger on game, but I don't want to bore anyone who's already kind of moved on from it.
1: You know, I, and I don't, I really don't think that too many people have moved on from it because I think for a lot of people, for a lot of people that were really high on, on this team, they were looking for that one signature win, that one, Win against a, a Cleveland or a Houston. We already beat San Antonio, say, but a lot yeah. of
0: people,
1: yeah, like we we they did they didn't have Kawhi, which you know makes that team run. That team is totally different without him. We did beat uh the Raptors. We've had we beat Orlando, a team that was pre- when they were playing pretty well. We beat Milwaukee the second time around. Who else? Uh, who else am I forgetting?
0: Don't forget
1: the Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks. Uh, I mean, they haven't been horrible this year. Fine, I was joking, so but you're right. They
0: actually had not yeah, been. been
1: horrible. But we we held Porzingis down. So all of that. With all of that said, we've had some co- good wins against quality opponents, but we haven't had that that win. The win that we can say. You see, all you doubters out there, look at what we did. Not only did we beat them. We held them to eighty-eight points. This is the team averaging a hundred and hundred and ten points per game.
0: Highest in the league number one,
1: yeah. At the time. I don't know if they are now still, but a hundred and ten points per game, and we limited them to eighty-eight. And people still want to say that it was just because three of their best well, two of their best shooters had an off night? I don't three know. Three of their best So score. I you know. Yeah, well. Well no, because Kevin Durant had a had a good shooting night and I, I said I said two of two of their best because Draymond isn't a great shooter for them.
0: I mean for his position he's pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah, for his position he's pretty good, but I'd say he's more of their like defensive yeah. stopper. But he can pour it on when he's when he's in that in that groove. Anyway. You know, I, I I can't imagine that people are going to move on. Celtics fans, at least, are going to move on from this one for quite some time.
0: Which brings me to Marcus Smart. You know, I was ah. pretty critical of him during the game, and fair—it's fair to be critical of his shooting. It was like one of seven or something, something really horrible like that. But he also had a lot of really good plays defensively, and it's really hard to believe we would have won this game without him. So, you know, on Twitter, I was recapping and i said a couple of mean things about marcus and marcus if you're listening i'm sorry i really am you know marcus smart
1: this this kid can shoot all of 30 i don't know why he would be taking 30 shots but let's just say that he did i can guarantee you that he will still be one of the top three reasons why we won that particular game
0: he was like just plus 15. Game. He was plus 15. Yeah. He was one of the only only double-digit plus players for the entire game for the Celtics.
1: He, he gets on people's nerves. When I can imagine that when a team is going up against Boston and Marcus Smart switches onto any particular player, that player probably just goes, ah, here we go. Because he is such a strong... And willing defender at all at all times. So yeah, he can most nights he has an off-shooting night. Most nights you're screaming at your television saying, please don't shoot the ball, please don't shoot the ball, please don't shoot that three, just to watch the ball bounce off of the backboard. Know. But he affects the game and this is this has been a conversation that we've been having for several years now. And I, I don't know if we'll ever truly accept it, but Marcus Smart is is just not a good offensive player.
0: Nope. Or he, I'm, I'm he's okay. not great. He, he, no, he's yeah. not even good. He's not even good. He is below league average and one of the worst away from the basket.
1: But he affects the games in well the game in so many other ways that you you take it you take it because regardless of whether or not. He's, he's shooting one of 10, scoring two points a game, whatever. He's still probably half of the reason why you're winning games.
0: Well, the Atlanta game, he was not quite such a, a force and He only had 10 points and, you know, he was, he was a, he made his presence known, but that was really that was really Kyrie's game. He laid thirty on him, and between him and Jalen Brown scoring a career high, twenty seven points. I think we talked about that already. it it really like those two were really the reason why the streak didn't end against a again sneaky good Atlanta team. i I definitely laid that out last week. As a trap game, and it almost was. I'm glad I was wrong, but it was. It came pretty close. I mean, we were down 15 points in the first.
1: Marcus Morris had a good night too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
0: 14 points.
1: I, yeah, he had a good first half. I, I don't think he had a very good second half. But Marcus Morris has been sneaky good this this season, also. And I would say that he was been the one of the reasons that we've won a few of our games this season, also. Um, I forgot what, what. I lost my train of thought. But yes to whatever you said.
0: Oh well, Marcus Morris is a pretty solid player, and that, that's definitely true. We have not been giving him is just desserts so far. I think as a Celtics community, not just over here on Celtics Life, but around the league, you know, he could be getting a little yes. bit more attention. He's had a couple of really big games. I think he had twelve points the game before this and against Golden State. And while that wasn't, you know, one of the critical. Counting stats to to jump back and take a look at it was definitely, you know, a very important contribution. And he really was one of, if not the main reason we won that game against Brooklyn. Also, again, too many games, you know, I really see where Brad Stevens is coming from in terms of talking about falling in all these holes. It's really, it's a great drama. But I mean, like particularly against these teams like Atlanta and Brooklyn, we really should not be falling into double digit holes with consistency against teams like this.
1: No, absolutely not. And I think after the All Star break, if this is something that we're still doing, those games that we would have, that we probably would have won, or those games that we did win in the first half of the season, we're gonna lose in the second half.
0: Just for things evening out. Know, agreed. Yeah,
1: there's no way we can continue to fall behind ten, twenty, ten, fifteen, twenty points a, a game, even even against some of the worst teams in the NBA, because. It's you just can't do it. You need to. odds are
0: not going to favor you all the time. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you can't keep relying on your third quarter defense saying eh, we're down 15. But, you know, we're going to we're going to turn it on in the third quarter. And they're not going to and they're going to we're going to hold them to two points and we're going to score 15. And that'll be the game right there. You can't keep doing it. I mean, that.
0: Anna Horford um, said on the most recent podcast we had for a midweek you should check it out if you haven't already, that they are a second-half team. And they are. But right? let's become a first-half first, first half team, too. So there you go.
1: We should become a four-quarter team.
0: Four-quarter team? What's that?
1: <laughs> you know, I got to be honest. If the Celtics played the way they do in the third quarter for four quarters I don't see how we don't win every game by at least 20 points.
0: I mean, since we're in the land of counterfactuals, I agree. You, you, I mean,
1: you <laughs> watch. This, you, you watch the, yeah, 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 of course not, but you watch this team in the third quarter and even the fourth quarter and this team looks like World beaters. the other the other team on the court shouldn't even be on the court with them. They're s- they're so good and they lock Teams down. But the
0: first quarter, again, the first quarter like we might seeing... as well be. I don't even want to, like somebody's rec league team. Basically, yeah, like we're we're awful in the first half,
1: but that second half comes around and we're like, all right, time to go home. Let's get this done. But yeah, you can't you can't make a, a habit out of that. One thing I will, I, I do want to, because you got me thinking about Marcus Marcus Morris and us not giving him enough credit. His mid range jumper is like the surest thing ever.
0: It's been really good, and he's not been bad from three either. No, no.
1: But this guy pulls up, and it's like kind of like what I was saying earlier on in the pod with Jalen Brown and his three-point shooting now. Marcus Morris pulls up from mid-range. That ball is going in.
0: Well, we have a busy week coming up in terms of games. I don't think we have a loss in there, but maybe one could sneak up, up on us. i got a couple in mind. Uh, I'll ask you what you think first, just to see if you have any particular opinions on any trap games. But This um, is my
1: favorite game. This is my favorite game.
0: Okay, so on the 20th, we have Dallas, 22nd, Miami, 24th. We are hosting Orlando and on the 25th, back on the road for Indiana. We have a trap game in there or what?
1: I want to say Dallas is a trap game for
0: sure. Worst record in the league, except for the Hawks.
1: Yeah. Dallas has won, what, two games? Three. Oh, wow. They're making strides.
0: Yep. One game <laughs> win streak. Oh. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'd, I'd say for sure dallas is a trap game it, again worst probably easily worst team in the league uh in dallas look out but honestly miami's kind of tough too i think they have some good players there kelly o was there i actually haven't checked up on him to see how he's doing in miami do you
0: know He's been doing very Kelly Olenek-ish. He has had a couple of games where he scored, you know, some flirting with some double doubles. Might have even posted a double double, but it's usually like seven points, eleven rebounds, nine points, six rebounds—very Kelly Olinick stuff.
1: Okay, all right. So I'm not too worried.
0: Yeah, Miami, Miami
1: has been tough with us, but well, tough against us. But I think we'll be fine. Uh, Orlando—that's a tough game, but we're at home, so I think we'll get that one. I'm actually going to swap. I think Indiana is the trap game.
0: I'm going to have to say I agree. I was actually I thought about Dallas just because they've been doing so bad for so long. We've been doing so well for so long. It seemed like kind of you know a good storm, but I mean Dallas is really bad. So I think it's going to be Indiana. You know, if Miles Turner is playing healthy and Oladipo and Lance Stevenson has even been kind of good for them recently. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what year is I it? I thought
1: his yeah, I had, uh, uh, what is it? 2 When were the p- Pacers good? 2011-2012.
0: was like 2013 or 14 I think that they were that he he was blowing in LeBron's ear and people took him seriously yeah. as a potential max player for a hot second.
1: Yeah, and then he went to uh, where did he get traded to or where did he sign with? Um, I can't even remember at this point. He
0: was on like three teams in 2 years. Yeah, and his career took a nosedive. New Orleans. But, New Orleans and someplace else. I can't even remember.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I'd say Indiana's a trap game. Although, I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction. I'd, I'm going to say we win all of these games, but I'm going to guess that we don't win any of these games by more than eight points.
0: Okay. That's actually a pretty interesting prediction. I wouldn't. I don't think we're going to lose any of these games either. I'm not going to. You know, Indiana would be the trap game. I don't think we're going to lose any. I think we are going to destroy Orlando by at least 15 points. But the rest of them, I agree with you.
1: All right. So we're barely beating a lot of these teams. We're not barely beating them, but
0: we're not beating them when regardless we of what. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. I, well, and I say that we're not beating them by any more than eight points because, I mean, and, and that can play out in any way. We can be blowing them out in the fourth, and then they score a lot of garbage time points. Whatever. I just don't think that we'll beat any any of these teams by more than eight points. But they're all wins. We're bound to regress eventually. At
0: some point. It's going to happen.
1: Yeah, and I, but then again, I don't know what we will regress to.
0: I'm just going to enjoy the ride while we're on it
1: you see that's that's what I was going to say because we shouldn't get caught up too caught up in this as long as we're winning whatever we're still making the playoffs and then we'll see how good this team really is
0: well i'm going to get us out of here but anything you want to add before i try out the promotional ad read for Celtics life that was a i like that voice man that, that promotional a bad reach. That's my radio <laughs> announcer
1: voice. Um, No, nah, this is this has been a fun, pretty fun ride. And we'll see where this team goes, but this is obviously a team with a lot of heart. I'm going to call it right now. Right. Jalen's next game, he scores 25 has... Nine rebounds and like three assists. Okay. 25, 9, and 3. 25, 9. Let's three. see how close I am. Yeah. And against Dallas, 25, 9, and 3.
0: All right. Well, everyone listening, I want you to check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com. As our regular listeners know, we have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies. It's getting colder in the store. Can't get these ones <laughs> anywhere else. They are unique to CelticsLife.com. And you can even get tickets to the next game under that heading. You can find the pod on Block Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, please rate us five stars. If you don't like something, go find another damn podcast to listen to. We're sick of help. I'm just kidding. Let us know in any <laughs> commentable area connected to Celtics Live, whether it's an article, a tweet, Use the hashtag CLPOD, that's C-L-P-O-D, with a hashtag in front of it. That's how hashtags work. You know, in case there's someone out there who still doesn't know, we are (laughs) always trying to bring you the Celtics coverage you want, the way that you like it. So let us know. We will listen as best we can. Yes, we will. All right, Lewis, I'm out. Talk to you, if not next week, sometime soon.
1: All right. Celtics are going to be 80-2 and two by the end of the season. I'm calling it now. Book it. Later, y'all. Later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts.